where he describes the source of the suffering is desire. Or well, let's say, let's use that and say desire to become. Yeah? And, and then they talk about, well, the, the path to get out of that is the Eightfold Noble Path. And if you look at it as a linear uh, progression, it says right view is the first, and then it goes like right livelihood, right meditation, right understanding, right, 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 right. Yes? Now, if you look at it, the right is resting in the view. And then if the view is right, it will migrate into whatever you're doing. So if you're doing a livelihood, it'll make it, the rightness will be seen there. If you're meditating, the rightness will be there. But the view can't be produced by an activity. Yeah? You're not going to meditate yourself into the right view. You're not going to understand yourself into the right view. Yeah? It's the right view. So the beginning and basically the end is the right view. Now, in Buddhism, they talk about the right view is the idea of a nata or a non-self. Yes? That there is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity. That's the doer, that's the haver, that's the feeler, that's the seer, that's the thinker. And so, there's a statement. Do you ever, any of you hear of the Course in Miracles? Mm-hmm. Yes? No? No? All right. The Course in Miracles is like a, a download that happened in the 70s through some women and then a man helped to write it out, and then it was, it was offered, I think, in the 70s to people. Well, there's a beautiful statement, many of them, but there's a beautiful statement in uh, The Course in Miracles that says, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. Yeah. Now, let's call it then, there's no object called a dream. The dream is about objects. Yeah. But there is no object called the dream. Yeah. The dreaming is about objects. So, in this, that you and I are the dreamer of the dream. And I'd like to change a little and say, you and I are the dreaming of the dream. I don't like the idea of any kind of noun, because I think that's misplaced. Yeah? So, in, this, in other words, if there's a statement called a dreamer, it sounds like there's a someone or something that's doing the dreaming. Yeah? But let's say, you and I are the dreaming of this dream. And then it says, you forgot, we forgot that we're dreaming the dream. Now, this is sort of cool, in a way. So, how do we forget that we're the dreamer of the dream, or the dreaming of the dream? Well, we remember that we're the dreamt object, yeah? This feeling, represented by this body of being an individual, long-lasting, separate entity, yes? So, in the remembrance of this, we forget that we're the dreamer, or the dreaming. And in the state of forgetting that we're the dreaming, we give everything we dreamt the power to affect us. Sounds like you could describe every day of everyone's life with that template, yeah? You and I are the dreamer, or the dreaming, of this dream. The dream is an activity. There isn't anything called a dream. There's dreaming. It's an activity that we are a huge participant in. (laughs) We're the dreaming, (laughs) yeah? But in this dreaming, things are dreamt, these objects are seemingly dreamt, and then there's the act of being identified as the object, yes? So when that identification is in place, you forget that you're the dreaming. Yet still, now, all that you have dreamt suddenly has the power to affect you. Yeah? So, to me, the importance is, okay, the forgetfulness, but how is that being forgotten? Yeah. 
how is the dreaming forgetting it's the dreaming? Well, the way I saw it was, and I see, still see it, is that the dreaming, the dreaming, or let's, we'll use the terminology of dreamer, has forgotten that it's the dreaming by remembering that it's the dreamt. Yeah? Like it's identified as a body. In this identification as the body, it's in the forgetting state of it being the dreamer, and then suddenly everything that's dreamt has the power to bite it in the ass, because it now has an ass, basically, to get bitten. Yeah. <laughs> so this could describe everything. If you took it, if you had your whole story of today, tomorrow, yesterday, the future, the past, and you had a little mental crane with this little template of this simple statement and put it on every day at any time, it would probably describe what's happening, in a sense. Yeah? The dreaming has forgot that it's, it's in the state of forgetfulness. It didn't, it didn't like forget like in 1983. It's an act going on. Yeah? So the mental process, the mental process, I call it selfing. Yeah? It implies or insinuates that there is a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It cannot make it so, but it can make it seem to be so. Yeah. If you look at the word seemingly, it's a really important word. It says it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah? So everything here is either appearing to be true or false to you. There's no real truth or falsehood in anything, because everything is inherently empty of being a thing. Yeah? So in a sense, it has no value to express or to lay on you. You lend it the value it seems to have. Yeah? And in that lending the value it seems to have, for it to really seem to have it, that has to be forgotten, that I'm lending it. Yeah? I have to take it as a real solid thing outside of myself that poses a threat, maybe to stop me from getting what I want, or maybe causing me to lose what I have. Yeah. If you see it, if you see it, it's that's the quality of the mind that we are, is seeing. Yeah? So when it's exhibiting its nature in this activity called dreaming, that's the sense of being what you are. You'll get a sense of being what you are, which will inform you of what you're not. Yeah? You will see that what you take yourself to be is under construction, it's being reinforced, it's being insinuated and implied by the thought system that we hear all day. The thought system that for most of us is presenting its advertising with in, lang in English, but you hear it, yes? But how we hear it is the key. Yeah? You usually hear a thought as the thinker of it, yeah? Don't you? Usually when a thought is noted, there's a, a feeling that you somehow did it, or it's about you somehow, yeah? When a feeling is noted, isn't there a sense of being the feeler? When an action occurs, isn't there the feeling that I did it? Yeah? When there's something seen, there's an assumption, a feeling that I'm the seer of it. Yeah? I'm seeing you. Yeah? There's not just the emphasis isn't on the seeing of you, the emphasis is on who's seeing you. There's the bondage of self. You want to see it? It's not something that happened in Omaha in 1983. You were bound to this idea of being a self. It's, an, it's a sort of a invitation the mental process is offering you all day to be identified as a body, as a doer, as a haver, as a thinker, as a feeler. Sounds fine and dandy. But when that happens, it, 
a lot of other intended and unintended consequences occur. Now, what you're dreaming has the ability to affect you greatly. Yeah. It's like this. Let's say if uh, I'm in a small room, much smaller than this, and there's a tiger in the room. Yeah. And so the tiger is provoking some anxiety in me, obviously. I'm afraid that the tiger is going to rip my throat out because I understand it has that ability. So I'm sitting there, and now it looks like my job is to see how I can live somewhat freely in the, in the presence of a tiger. So I read some books, how, how to live in a small confine with a tiger and this and that. And none of it's really working. There's still this primal underlying fear all the time. Yeah? So maybe I'll say a hundred affirmations. It's not a tiger, it's not a tiger, it's not a tiger. I can say thousands of them, but it's not really taking away that fear of the tiger, because that tiger is real to me. Yes? That tiger is real to me. I'm not saying it's real, but to me it is. Yeah? What would happen? So am I going to try to vanish or vanquish the reality of a tiger or maybe question the reality that I have, I am? Because that's where its reality is being lent from. Yeah? I'm taking myself to be a dreamt object and so I can't see that as a dreamt object. I see it as real just as I see this as real and the natural reaction is to be in fear. Yeah? Because that thing can hurt me. This is the dilemma all day. The thoughts are implying, it's like uh, I went back east to get some talks uh, two years ago. I hadn't been there in a little while. And my hair, my, so pe- my hair was longer. So that I would come and people would say, Paul, you're growing your hair, you know. I go, oh, yes, yes, I've been growing it now for months. And I joined a club and we get together on Saturdays and we grow hair together. <laughs> and I find that when I'm in the we, it comes, grows a lot better than when I'm practicing alone. Yeah? So, and I could go on and pride could come over me. Look at this hair, you know. And you know, Jesus, bro, you're not doing a good job. You don't get maybe 15 of them on your head. So look at this. Yeah. See, because the language implies I have something to do with something I have nothing to do with. I'm telling you, expand on that, because that's what's going on. Yeah? Your head is implying you have a lot to do with a lot you have nothing to do with. Yeah? You're the big doer and the haver. It's bogus. You're not seeing. This eye is seeing, it facilitates seeing. It's not what's seeing, it facilitates it. If this body died, this eye wouldn't be seeing anything. If you operated on this face and took the eye out and put it in a live body, it would see again. It's not the seeing, it facilitates seeing. Yeah? I'm not what's hearing as this. This ear facilitates hearing. And yet, if you follow back the hearing, the seeing, the feeling, the tasting, the touching, there is nothing that can be touched, tasted, seen, or heard or felt. What you are cannot be seen, heard, felt, tasted, or touched. Yet it's always, it's the seeing of everything, it's the hearing of everything, it's the feeling of everything, yet it cannot be had as a feeling, or it cannot be had as a vision. It cannot be had, because it's not of thingness, yes? So what's seen cannot be seen. What's hearing cannot be heard. If you take a sound and take it back as far as you can, so let's say I hear the road, some things on the road, and then I take it back, now I can hear, it sounds like I can hear something moving in my stomach, yes? And then I can feel the heart beating, yeah? Almost, for me, everything is put into sound. Then I can hear vibrations going on in my head, 
seemingly in my head, but I mean, really, it's not, I don't stop and start here, you know what I mean? But in this vicinity. And now let's say I keep going, and I go back to the farthest sound I can get to. That's the most constant sound I've ever run into, is the frequency or the vibrational sound of being on, yeah? There's a sound, it's like a hum. That never stops. If I'm in a loud place and I put my attention there, it's there. It's actually more constant than the breath because the breath has an interlude. When it goes in, there's a little bit of a pause and it goes out, there's a little bit of a pause. This sound has no pause. You go back and back and back, so that's the most constant sound I can ever hear. But what's hearing it is not a sound. Yeah? And it's not you. It's not a sound. Yet that's what allows you to hear everything. It's not something that can be seen, but that's what's seen right now. There's an old master, a Zen master from China called Hawaiian Pope. He said a very simple statement that can save you tons of time. And he says, whatever can be perceived cannot be perceived. Whatever can be perceived, this is not what's perceiving. Therefore, whatever can be thought about cannot be what's thinking. Whatever can be heard cannot be what's hearing. Expand on it. So if you're taking yourself to be the seer, the hearer, the feeler as this body, you may be mistaken. And that mistake may geometrically progress here and cause you what you take yourself to be, a huge amount of suffering. This whole message that I share is just about traveling lighter. It's not promising to change the geography of your life. It doesn't even have any opinion about the geography of your life. But you'll travel whatever terrain you're going to have the rest of this action for your life. You'll travel lighter in a stabilized manner. You'll have a stabilized sense of presence, yes. It won't be an experience anymore that comes and goes. It will be past the point of experience because you're never going to experience the truth. You are the truth experiencing. You are never going to objectify what you are and have an experience of it. It's not going to happen. You're never going to be here when it gets really good. (laughs) You're not. And most of us are holding out for that. Most of us come to these type of meetings and you're waiting to get it. And you're going to be waiting a long time. Because that which you're waiting as is not what... <laughs> that's not what gets it. What gets it has it already. It's actually what... It's frankly at the point of giving it away. <laughs> While we're acting like paupers trying to get it, it's just dying to express itself. <laughs> And it doesn't run out. It's not a quantity. (laughs) You're not going to run out of interest and attention. You'll you'll just lose interest in things. And your attention will be free from the biggest obsession and addiction, your obsession with you as a thing. This is why it says a great Zen master, another one. I like like old Zen, but this is a Japanese Zen. And he's Dokken, and he says, you know, to study Buddhism is to study the self. And, if, and to study the self is to forget the self. I mean the small s. I never talk about the large s, because I don't see there's a self, there's self-thing. Yes? Everything is a verb. 
there's no noun to be found. The mental process makes up the noun. Yeah? So the feeling when an action occurs, if you can't pin it on yourself or someone else, you'll pin it on some fucking thing called God. God did it. You know, something, there's got to be someone or something that did it. Why is that? Don't you see that as the logic of a failed system? The system you're attempting to, to navigate and inquire about what's going on cannot pick it up. Its gauges cannot pick up nothing. All it does is pick up something. Yeah. And if it, if it even gets a sense of nothing, it will try to make it something. So it can absorb it and into its thought system. Instead of the thought system surrendering and opening up to the reality, it will attempt to make the reality something that fits its little plan. Yeah. So I came out of the program of recovery, and I didn't come out of it, I'm still in it. This is 26 years. But I came through recovery, and in recovery, we, they had some incredible statements. A lot of people have a lot of preconceptions about recovery. They think it's all about this or that. It's just a, it's, it, it's a possibility the mind can run away with. Yes, you can go as far as you'd like to go with it. And so it has a beautiful statement in recovery. It says, being convinced, which means the belief with certainty, that self, a small s if you want to put it that way, manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So that's the statement that would be really nice to have a clear understanding of. By by the terms convincing. (laughs) Being convinced that self manifested in all these different ways is what has defeated us. How it defeats us is its manifestations. But what's defeating us is this idea of being a self. When in that state we're going to look at some of its manifestations. So then we do an inventory process, and we look at the first one, the first common one, which is resentment. Then we look at fears, and we look at harming other people. Not, to, not for the sake of just looking at its manifestations, but to recognize the manifestations and to see where it's coming from. Yeah, What Petri dish is producing all this? Yeah, And see if we're actually the center of that Petri dish by being identified as a self. Yeah? Because if you're identified as a self and you try to get out of self, good luck. Yeah? Just like another great book uh, that Guy Hoang Po said beautifully, you can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. Self, you can't use self to get out of self. It's not, he says, you can do it for eons and nothing will happen. You think you're exempt from that? That it's going to work the way you think it's going to work? When all these people that have come before us try to save us time by giving these very succinct little clues, like you are the seeker is the sort, you know what I mean? If you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. All these things. And <laughs> the point that our St. Francis says in such a beautiful, succinct manner, what's looking is what you're looking for. What's looking, not who's looking. What's looking is what you're looking for. Could you imagine if you got that, what, how you're looking for would change greatly? It's a living realization. You know, I've seen people who are driven crazy by the word peace and enlightenment. It would probably be better if they never heard it before or ever again, because now they the worst one is they think they've had it once, and then they've lost it. Somehow they did something to lose the awakening that they had. 
What an insane hell to be in. <laughs> so now, the idea of awakening is driving them crazy. Yeah? The exact opposite of what it's, it's like ability or its possibility. The mental process claiming it uses it to drive it to produce more agitation. Now people are agitated by the idea of enlightenment, which means the cessation of all suffering, yet the term enlightenment is being used to produce agitation in one's mind. This is not a passive spirituality. It's active realization. It's a radical freedom from something, not as something, but from the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So that vice-like grip over your emotions, your mental, your physical, your circumstantial situations will be loosened so you can find out what you are. Because you're never going to know what you are. You'll find out what you are by living. Yeah? You'll sense the intimation of that which you cannot see, taste, touch, feel, and hear in the seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, hearing. Because that's what's hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, and touching. That which cannot be touched, heard, and seen, or felt. And you'll be intimated in the seeing, hearing, and feeling, and tasting in this world. You'll intimate your presence by living. You'll be the authority. You'll be a living scripture. Any person who's sharing this worth their salt has to realize their own obsoleteness is going to occur. Yeah? This isn't about provoking any dependency. It's about saying, yeah, it's like an invitation. It's like a mailman. I don't want you to follow me home. I'm a mailman. Here you go. You're the product. You're the product. This is always an introductory offer. You're the product. But we want to give our power to someone else or something else. And usually that usually they're dead, which makes it safer. It's very easy to have a dead master. <laughs> How many people pin their story behind the name of Nizagarada Maharaj? You ever hear of him? Great masters. I was I went to his house where he lived. He kicked people out of his meetings in two or three weeks. He told them to hit the road. You got it. Start entertaining it. <laughs> Don't come back tomorrow. <laughs> Do some service, maybe. <laughs> this isn't about building another dependency. <laughs> it's a recognition of your true independence. Yeah, a radical one. If you like meetings, it's great. It won't even matter what's said. You'll sense the presence in the room. Yeah. That's why, you know, I, you don't know what we do. I don't even know what I do. But we don't have intensives. We don't have retreats. We don't have newsletters. We don't have, you know, the, the giant 30-day retreat at the end of the year. This is just an invitation. It's a message. It's like if you had an old car and you ran out of gas and you were with a friend and you knew a little bit about cars and you tried to start it, wouldn't start, then you say, hey, Jim, go in the trunk, there's a gas can there. 
So you take the air filter out, and then there's the carburetor. And then you're there, and you've you got, everything's there, you know, it's just not starting. Everything is there. You've got the key, you've got the wheels, everything's there, but it's just not going. So you go, okay, and you're trying to kick it over. And then you say, all right, put a couple drops in. And he puts a little drops in, and, and then the, the, you know, the, the car turns over. It's starting now. You don't pour more gas in. It'll flood it again, Yes? You don't pour more gas in. This is an invitation, a message, to tickle something that you inherently know prior to all this knowing going on out here. You already know it. You knew it when you were a kid, if you weren't in an abusive situation. If you were in fear and violence, maybe you didn't have an opportunity. But if you weren't in an abusive situation, you knew it as a kid. We forgot it. We outgrew it. Because a mental state grew up. Okay, became dominant. Now people aren't smelling stuff and seeing and feeling and tasting. They're thinking about everything. Yeah. It's like those dogs that have manes. They put those plastic cones on. We're like, we're walking around with these big cones just picking up PayPal all day. You know, listening to golden oldies projected as future oldies and buying every fucking product that's sold. Yeah. I had it once, but then I lost it. How did you lose it? Must have something you did or didn't do? You don't see it? It's always verifying you as the doer or the haver or the thinker. You're an afterthought. The idea of you is an afterthought. Consciousness contact needs... You are not needed for conscious contact to occur. There's a thought after the conscious contact that it's you that's in contact, that you saw it, that you felt it, that you tasted it, that you did it. Yeah? And so as soon as that's in place, it just rips all day. It has a life story about you. Yeah? Investigate. Look at it yourself. Look at the thought system. What does the thought system that's playing in your head, what does it value? Does it value now? What does it value yesterday and tomorrow? What are most of your thoughts about? Are they right about now? Obviously, me, I can't even think about now. But isn't this moment, this opportunity being used to think about yesterday and tomorrow? The thoughts about yesterday and tomorrow are happening now. They cannot happen anywhere else. But they're not about now. They're about yesterday and tomorrow. Most people, if they're bummed out right now, it's not by this Tuesday night. It's by last Wednesday and next Saturday. Most of us aren't responding to what's going on. We're reacting to what's not going on. Yeah? The thoughts are about yesterday and tomorrow. And if you're devoted to that thought system, and there's no higher devotion than to believe you're the thinker, Believing you're the thinker, you're beholden to every one of those thoughts because now they're yours. Yeah? And there's a huge difference. You take, let's put the let's, uh, word up there, health. Yeah, Let's put money and let's put sex. And everyone would look at those words and it would initiate some kind of meaning. Maybe you don't have money, so money would seem more important. Maybe you're having lots of sex. And whatever. It doesn't matter. But there would be it, there would be a registering, some meaning would be given. Let's add weight to every one of them by a simple introduction of a word. My money, my sex, my health. Usually different, isn't it? 
Isn't there been a, 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 an addition of weight to it by putting the my in front of it? That's you. That's the product of self. You believe it's about you. You're the thinker. It's your time. It's your money. It's your health. And therefore, health, money, and time can become incredibly heavy for you. Not because health, money, and time are. It's the my has added the weight. And that's an activity that's going on right now. You can be awake to it, or you can be asleep in it. That's it. That's what it's like all day. Why talk about things that are actually verbs as nouns, like awakening, getting something? Why not see the livingness of the solution? It's a living event right now. Yeah? It's not something that this event is going to culminate to the ultimate event. It's in this event right now. It's the only aspect of this event that's real. Yeah? You and I give everything all the meaning it has. You and I give everything all the meaning it has all day. Yeah? You and I are the reality that's lending itself to things all day. Where, how can something that's not real seem real? Unless it, seem, it, it can only seem real to what's real. How, where else would it get its sense of reality? How could something that's not real ever freaking seem real? How could something be true if, in your story of your life, you have one event that was the worst thing that ever happened, and then something happens in your life, and then suddenly it's the best thing that ever happened? What is it? Was it the worst thing? And then some unbelievable, now it's the best thing? Or was it neither? Was it the meaning you gave it, based on the condition you seem to be in? Do you see your role? You're not meaning anything here that has its own meaning. You're giving it all the meaning it has. So this whole idea is, okay, so the selfing is a mental process that's implying, insinuating, pointing at, inferring that there's a doer, there's a haver, there's a thinker, there's a feeler, there's a touch. In other words, you're the noun, you're the proprietor, you're all of that, yes? That's what it's insinuating. Okay? Now what would happen if you lost interest in that system? Yeah? Obviously, the effects of the system would diminish, yeah? Because the system has no juice other than the juice you give it. Yeah? The reason why the system seems so powerful is because it's about you. Like in Buddhism, they call it the cherishing of self. Yeah? <laughs> Someone comes over to my house and starts complaining about what's not happening. You know what I mean? I don't see what they're talking about. I don't feel it. I don't taste it. I'm bored in about five minutes. Less, really. About two minutes. I'll do my laundry instead of listening to them, you know? But the same shit, if it's held as yours, you're totally entranced by it. Yeah. <laughs> seen as theirs, it's boring. But seen as yours, it's unbelievably novel. 
you don't see it. <laughs> the movie isn't. It's not the movie. It's the audience. <laughs> the audience is giving the meaning to the movie. The movie isn't giving the meaning to the audience. <laughs> We're giving the meaning to the movie. <laughs> there is no heaven or hell. It can be heavenish or hellish to you based on the condition of your mind. And if your mind is in self-centeredness, you're going to be reacting to what's not happening, and you're going to have agitation and the physical mimicking of fear when there's no threat. You'll be living in anxiety that has no source at this in this moment except the source of thinking about it. Yeah? And you can't, you have no immunity to it because you're addicted to those thoughts. Because you're the, you're the doer of them. You're the thinker of them. What would happen if you saw a thought as a thought? It would be totally different than holding it as yours. Totally different. You travel lighter. Yeah. This thing does not have to be vanquished. What it has to be done is forgotten or lost. It needs to be... It's your interest... It would be nice if your interest was removed from that preoccupation. And I found a simple example. Let's say there's a pretty woman in our meeting in the other room. And I have a lot of ideas about her. I haven't even talked to her, but she's going to be the mother of my kids, and it's always going to be great. No divorce in the future, nothing. So love. So she means a whole lot, like almost like a savior type meaning. And I'm doing a talk here, but my interest is trying to hear what she has to say because I want to see if she says, "Hey, I like that guy Paul," you know. So I could go. I'll meet, run into her after the meeting. Hey, we might have some coffee, and then hopefully we'll go horizontal, you know. <laughs> so there I am. So I'm sitting here doing a talk, and everyone says, starts realizing Paul doesn't seem that interested in what's happening. Yeah. And uh, so I and I someone says, Hey, Paul, why don't you be here? And I say, Oh yeah, but I can't marshal the. I can't get the interest and attention because that seems to my to my head much more important than what's going on here. All right, and then someone comes up and throws a book on the table and says, how to lose interest in a conversation in another room. So I read through it, and I agree with the principles, but I can't stop listening, trying to hear. Suddenly she says, I really like that guy. And here's the moment. I'm pregnantly waiting. My whole life is ahead of me. I really like that guy, Matt. And my name is Paul. So as soon as I hear that, what happens? I lose interest, yeah? And my attention leaves that room immediately. I don't have to go on a three-month retreat or like a three-month three retrieval program to get it out from enemy lines. It just immediately leaves that old occupation because it's not about me. That's how you get relief from the bondage of self. You're not that which is, is its presentation, which is you're not a self. Question it. See if you are or not. If you're not, you'll lose interest in everything that's supporting it. Everything that's being used to facilitate the bondage to self, you'll lose interest in it, and then you'll see through it because it's your interest that is, that's its juice. It doesn't have any juice in and of itself. It's trying to advertise to acquire your juice, and we devotedly give it to it all day because it's about us. That's what happened with me. I saw it. <laughs> Most of my adult life, I was trying to be free as a self. 
I was practicing diligently a lot of things, meditation and stuff like that for years, going to retreats in Thailand and India and everywhere like that. And ever all the time it seemed to fail, I blamed me for not being a good enough practitioner. And so if the 10-day retreat didn't really work, then I thought a month would be better. That same old, same old. It's like the, uh, the hamster cage, the hamster wheel. It's so funny, when the hamster leaves the wheel, it's not moving anymore. <laughs> if you look at the hamster the wheel without the hamster in it, it's not really wheeling. You know? it's need, the hamster is needed to produce the effect called I'm stuck on the hamster wheel. The hamster's the main participant. It ain't the wheel. It ain't doing anything. The hamster gets in and starts going. So there I was in the spiritual wheel. More is better. And then the retreats, three months, half silent, half talking, therapy, half Enneagram, some tantric sex, three incredible meals. I used to call them the upper middle way. So I was fucking places that looked a lot better than where I lived, you know. Eagle claw bathtubs and huge sumptuous meals three times. In Thailand, you'd eat at 10, before 10.30, that'd be it. You didn't get no more food the rest of the day. Here you get organic, vegan meals. It's like great. But <laughs> then one time, then this simple idea... My mind, something occurred with the mind, and I was reading this big book of AA. And when it said the word self, it was seen from, f- to be a foreign installment, or like a mental parasite. Yeah? But it was definitely not me. That was the crux of the whole revelation. And as soon as I saw it wasn't me, the next thing my mind could entertain, which it could never got to all the years I was practicing, it could, it could, if I'm not that, I can be free of it. Free from it. Bye-bye. Not therapize it. Not try to civilize it. Not try to meditize it. You know, I can be radically free from it. That possibility was never available while I was identified as a self. But when I was seen not to be so, then I, I realized I can be free from that. That activity needs my attention to have any, any kind of bonding agent. I am the living glue to it. Yeah? It's not self-bonding me. My mind's bonding to the idea of self because it's taking it to be me. Yeah? Once it saw me as not that, it lost freaking interest in it because it's boring as hell. If you were a station, you radio station, you've been closed a long time ago. <laughs> it's like you only have one audience here. No one in hell, if I had Bill's stuff running through my head, I'd, I'd, like five minutes after I woke up, I would dismiss it. Yeah. But the whole point, the glue of it is it's about you, and it's not. It's like a hostile takeover that has a great strategy. It's like a parasite that lands on a host that you would immediately think you would throw it off. But this parasite, knowing it's hostile, convinces you that you're the parasite. So now you defend it. Now you'll die as it. You'll have to say no to every possibility that comes your way to just affirm that possibility that you're a self. There's a freedom, a radical freedom right now. Not for it or as it or by it, but from it. 
It's not an it to begin with. It's an activity. And you're the fuel to it. That's what we do. That's the invitation. Take a look. It doesn't matter if I have certainty about it. It only matters if you find the certainty in you. That's what's going to allow you to travel later. And more and more, I'll tell you, you see the problem, the seeming problem, from the solution. That's the best view. When you see the problem from the solution, you see that it's not a problem. It's imaginary. Its level of reality is seemingly so. It can only appear to be true or false to you. You're the one that giveth, and you're the one that taketh away. You give it the attention, or you take it away, basically. Yes? It doesn't have... It's a beggar. That's why it's advertising constantly in your head all day. So from the solution, the problem is imaginary. What need is there for a solution then? When, when you, once you quote-unquote get the solution, the solution goes. There's no need for it. Because the problem is imaginary. Freedom from bondage doesn't happen after you're bound. It happens prior to you're bound. The best way to get out of something is to realize you were never in it. It doesn't take any time whatsoever to leave an imaginary place. Seriously. From the solution's point of view, there is no problem. From the problem's point of view, there's a solution. That's why it's temporary. That's why you need one. You may. But if the solution starts having an effect on you, it disappears. Because you're the solution. You. You're not in the need of a solution. You are the solution. <coughs> That's why it stabilizes. That's why it will be always available at all times, right where you are. Because it's before your breath even. You're, it's more you than you could ever possibly be as a mental idea. Yeah? That's where you find rest. And when your mind recognizes it, it will relax. It will respond in kind. It will see it. It will reflect it, and it will find peace there, and it will know serenity. You don't have to run and go to like a spiritual notary public to get your awakening authorized. You'll know it prior to knowing. It's like an unspoken yes. <laughs> it's not. There's no debate about it. Who wants to get saddled with an idea of being awake anyway? It's just another fucking encumbrance. Just be what, just the being is more than enough, yeah? It's amazing how much you'll lose interest in the things you thought were so noble and important. Hmm. Any questions tonight? 
Were you expecting this? Uh, we're going to have uh, some loving gazes going on. <laughs> Sitting quietly. You know that the nest of that little <coughs> cell thing isn't agitated by 8,000 years of tradition. It doesn't get swayed by robes or anything. It doesn't get swayed by loving gazes. The only thing it respects is a power greater than it. If you're lending your power to it and then lending your power to someone else, at that point, you're on a seeming level, you're not a power greater than it. And it's going to run all over your Buddhism, it's going to run all over your non-duality, it's going to run all over your satsangs, it's going to run over everything. Everything will be morphed into its own little mirror to get a reflection from. You'll be, a, you'll be in the insane preoccupation of trying to be a non-self as a self. <laughs> you want to experience your own absence. <laughs> it's not an experience. You want to, I wouldn't even I don't term it a state, but as a as a <coughs> as an opposite of experience, let's say it's more like a state, yes? States are an experience. States influence all experiences. Yeah? That state can stabilize. It's because that's what it is. It is stable. Yes? You're talking a while ago about this fellow that <coughs> if he were to tell you his problems and his cares and in 10 seconds you would be sick of it. You know? uh, what about if, if he was depending on me to run his life, and he didn't have himself, and I had that little interest in him. How long would he last out there in the world? How would he? How would he get along if I was in charge and I didn't care? You know, I didn't even pay any attention. What, what is it, a little kid? No, just the guy you're talking about. Oh, anyone, oh. Anyone. you'd be surprised how good he could do without you. Just give it the space, man. Hold the space, and you'll be—you'll probably do the appropriate thing. Yeah. I, this isn't a rope. I just use examples to drive a point across. Nothing that I say. First of all, I would—I wouldn't hold on to anything I said. It's all bogus in a sense. But all I'm attempting to do is—it's like producing a souffle here, yeah, an energy not produce it but allow it to become obvious because that's that's the real meal the words are just uh, a way of attempting to trigger that yeah 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 the words don't mean a damn thing it's the energetic impression or imprint yeah it sounds to me like you've relinquished meaning no, no, I just travel lighter through all the meaning that's it's like shit getting thrown on a wall. <laughs> it still happens. The mental process is still throwing stuff out. But you realize the biggest investment in the meaning given is the meaner, you know. The so one if the meaner's gone, where's the meaning? Oh, there's plenty of meaning because there's never been a there's never been one to give meaning. There's just meaning given. Your apparatus is giving meaning, that's what it does. The apparatus. Yes. The animal. It's not an animal. That's what we term it. What's the apparatus. What? The body. Yeah. And when the mind. Yeah. But the body and the mind, if you look at it, it's a dreamt object. So it's it's only appearing in mind. It's not a thing in and of itself. Yeah? 
Well, that's see, that's its verification thing, yeah. But it isn't of. It's not of a thing. And the point is, let's say the apparatus lends meaning to things. Why does it have to imply that there's a someone there? Well, that's my question. It, where does meaning fit in when there isn't a someone? You'll find out because there hasn't been a someone. <laughs> Seriously. The whole thing is, meaning's being given all day. That's, that's one of the joys of life. But the point is, if it's about you, a lot of heavy meaning is given. Yeah, I get that. I get yeah. that. It's just I'm trying to see, I'm trying to sense no meaning. Well, you can't as that. Give it up. But if I understand Can you, you imagine your like actions? Hmm? Sounds like this non-thing has. <laughs> it hasn't. No, something just got, the, the attention and interest got redistributed. Yeah? Redistributed. Exactly. In other words, the deck got shuffled or reconfigured. So meaning carries on, but there's no oh, attachment yeah. to it as a, as a thing. Yes, exactly. Tons of meaning happens. And the thing takes it seriously. But you're not that. And you don't take it seriously. Well, there's no need to take it seriously. Yeah. That's the good news. There's a, uh, you takes it very seriously, but I'm not that you. So there's no meaning. It's just not believed. Exactly. Right. It's not taken so seriously, let's say. It's so entertained. It's oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's anguished over even? Rich sadness, sadness, frustration, everything. It's all still there, it's just not... Well, actually, it's more there than ever. Because <laughs> everything's... You, your senses are greater, you're not spending your life in your head. You're sitting here, you feel tons of things, like hundreds of sensations. The body alone is putting out tons of sensations right now. You know what I mean? I'm feeling things underneath my fingernails and all, all this stuff. What's going on? You are, you are, the sense of self is a huge filtering system. It's like a muffler for a trumpet. But now you think that's the only note you can hit. Yeah? The way it attempts to organize this place is to sort of contract and minimize and muffle. Because uh, the incessant oddness of conscious contact is, is pretty, uh, can be pretty intense for the mental process. It doesn't particularly, it's overwhelmed by all that. Yeah. So, in a way, you see the you almost see the logic of why it shut down because it's way too much to be what we really are here, which is conscious. So there's a process to what? there's a process. What here? There's a process to having the capacity to relinquish the self and, and meaning. I would say not from what we are's point of view, but the body apparatus has to get adapted. It's like the wiring gets changed. Yeah. Because let's say if you're running 220 watts in an old house that only takes 110, right. you're going to have a lot of blown out fuses. It's going to affect your organs and you may have a breakdown and shit like that can happen. So there is, uh, in a sense, an integration, not of that, but of this. Yeah, yeah because it can't handle it. It's bright, very bright, and it's incessantly on. I mean, very bright and incessantly on. And the brightness has an accelerating quality to it. Like, you get the sense of light, like the speed of light also. Not just brightness, but speed of light. Yeah. Yeah, like some people have a break, 
but their apparatus couldn't handle it, so they're in a psych ward now. You know, they had a psycho, they had a psycho, psychic break, but they weren't able to. Uh, like for some people, they call me because <coughs> they get, the, they have whatever you want to call it, an awakening, and then it's all great until it isn't. Then things get heavy because there's a lot of stuff happening now, and the, the filters are gone, and and so they call me, and I just say, listen, all you just just don't act out and don't die, and everything's going to get great. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best advice I can give them. <laughs> because, really, because you're going to obviously the system. You know how you know it's so, so like if if something's going to take a bigger load, the wiring guy has to get thicker. Yeah. You know, like with Kundalini, a lot of people experience or want to have experiences of Kundalini. The Kundalini experience can kill people very easily because it's a it's a huge energetic input, and if the nervous system and let's say an understanding isn't in place, it can blow you up. So you would entertain a me with someone who's. In, in need of that filter. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's like, it's like in the Course in Miracles, they talk about level confusion. So let's say if someone's house is on fire, yeah, and to that it seems as real as real can be, it's best just to tell them where a pail of water is, not to say there is no house and there is no fire. So you respond to the, where ma- mind is manifesting, yeah? What you are is not of the levels, but mind is manifesting here, and it manifests in different like frequencies. Yes, agitation, calmness, this and that. That's not implying what you are. You're the awareness. That's not of this place in a sense. Yes, but the expression that's going on is manifesting. It's like undifferentiated light going through a kaleidoscope. So the light gets differentiated. It doesn't actually get differentiated, but the experience is just differentiated, yes? And that has to be taken into account. You can't give someone the answer that there is no house when, and when they think their house is on fire. It <laughs> doesn't hold any water. It's not, a val- it's not a viable solution to the mind where it's at at that time. And people get confused. I have people call me, and instead of just breaking down and say, sh- and say she left me, 20 minutes, there is, there is no she to leave me, and there was no me that was left. <coughs> and they go, and if all they want to do is cry and just let it out. It's such a ridiculous thing. They're trying to behold on a mental way to a conceptual idea of this solution and this level and apply it to the, where their house is on fire. It doesn't work. It's not, it's not, like, a, it's not like a tool that you pull out when you want to use it. Yeah? It allows you to be flexible and pick every tool, the right tool for the right moment, for the right time in a lot of people's lives, yours included. Yes? Yeah. You see? Yes. People like, you know, like in recovery, people's houses are on fire. Yeah? So you're not going to say, well, there is no house, there is no you. You tell them, hey, all right, this is the best way to put it out, and then when the out is out, let's entertain. Was there any resident in that house? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, maybe there isn't really a you to be residing there. And what occurs is you can actually see things in the blueprint room because it's a lot easier to get out of a house that hasn't been built than when you've paid 
a mortgage, you're paying a mortgage on a house, and, it, and you've got all your furniture in there and all your things, you're invested in that house by then. You may not be, it may be hard to, to escape it, but if you see it being made, that precludes the possibility of you being a resident of it. There can be a, there can be a, a passing on the whole you know, invitation, yes? Yes, so the freedom is always prior to the bondage. That's where the real freedom lies. See, once you feel like you are bound, then there's that urge to be free, yes? But that urge to be free is another form of being bound, yeah? Because now you're bound to the idea of getting free from that bondage, yeah? But prior to bondage, the, the freedom is not even freedom because there's no opposite. It's just a state of immunity, yeah? Not based on anything, but pr- based on prior to anything. Yeah. That's why it's reliable. Yeah. You know mind, right? You know, dualistic expression. So you have freedom, bondage. Freedom, bondage, connection, disconnected, awake, not awake. All these opposites that dance here. Conceptual opposites. Yeah. So... A lot of people are trying to get out of self, and they don't see that's a form of being in self. Yeah? So they're in a place like this, and there's a lot of doors that have the exit sign, but if you look on the other side, it's the entrance. You're not leaving anywhere. You're just acting this whole thing. Oh, there's, there's my escape hatch, and then you look, and it's the entrance. So that's, yeah, on and on. Get it. See the flawedness of the system you're relying on. The system will use getting out of it as one of the biggest ways of being in it. Self will try to get out of self, and it's a clear axiom, at least in the recovery world, that self can't get out of self. Yeah. And what is self? Self is, is the product of selfing, and that's the implication or the inference or the referencing that you're the doer, you're the haver, you're the thinker, you're the feeler, you're the da-da, you're the da it's the act of claiming. That's what selfing does. Its first movement is to claim. Yeah? It's represented by that word my. And if you think it's the ego, it's not really the ego because there's a sense of self that thinks it has an ego. See? There's the act of claiming, even what you call the ego. There's something that's claiming of to have an ego. That's the sense of being a self. It's not a thought, but it's, it uses thoughts to facilitate the bondage to it. Yeah? It's not a feeling, but it uses the feelings to facilitate the bondage. It's called a sense of self. A sense. You have a sense that you're the doer when there's the noticing of an action. You have a sense that you're the thinker when there's the noticing of a thought. You have a sense that you're the hearer when there's noticing a sound. That's the bondage of self. So there's no free will. Find out. If you feel like you have free will, exert it. Do the next right thing. There's the appearance of free will, and if that appearance is strong in you, you better do the next right thing. <laughs> if it, when it gets dismissed, then there's no, it doesn't have a hold on you. Everything is seemingly so, yeah, which means it appears to be true or false. Not appears to be true or false. This is the kicker to you. You're the reality. You're the reality. Through, in a sense, an ignorance or an ignoring that, we lend our reality to things. We lend this thing a huge reality. We call it me. 
which is like the crowning achievement, bigger than any god that you ever follow, will be the me that follows it. <laughs> me is the biggest god, yeah? It separates all of us as yous, because you only see me as a you. But while you and you and you are seeing me as a you, I'm denying it by calling it me. Yeah? A special someone that's very different and unique from you. Based on the guy, I don't look like you, that's me. Me <laughs> is the crowning achievement of selfing. That's what it does. And now your life becomes about me. Yes. It presents a you, you buy it, the a drops off, now it's you, and then it goes further, and that you to separate from all the other yous is crowned me. And there you go, the God of all gods, looking for God. On your own terms. Yeah. Yes. So if the sense of self is not the thoughts and the feelings and so forth that it uses to reinforce itself. That's right. It, it, then it, what is it? <laughs> the thing is, what isn't it? It isn't a self. It's a phantom. It's like all those fingers, there's not even a moon they're pointing at. The language is used to facilitate the sense. It's an inference. It's a reference. If you look inside, you'll never find one. There's just pointing. There's nothing being pointed at. The mind does the rest. The mind assumes it's the, what's being pointed at as this body, as this me. Yeah? And the pointing, all the facilitations. When there's feeling, it uses facilitation of the feeling mechanism to produce the feeling. Uses thoughts to produce the thinking. Yes? All this is a way of reinforcing that or that sense of being a self. That's all it's doing all day. Yeah? What do you think it's thinking about yesterday and tomorrow? Self, yeah, has it doesn't exist. It doesn't have any generating possible uh, ability. It's, there's no life in it, yeah? It's a mental idea. When you were a baby, you had no sense of self. It took about 16 or 18 months for it to start kicking in, yeah? There was no sense of self then. We grew into it. So the mental process is reinforcing this idea that you're a self. Yes? That's what it's doing all day. So here it does. What does it do? It thinks about you, and it pictures you. Your thought system pictures you as a body. For you to be thought about, you're thought about as a body, yeah? For you to be pictured four years ago, you're not pictured as a spirit because it would be, oh, my spirit four years ago looked just like my spirit ten years ago. It's never changed, so that's boring. No. (laughs) What was happening to me four years ago? The me represents a body, yeah? So there you now place your body, you, four years ago, and that's enough to pull your thoughts to it, and there goes your attention and interest because it's about you, the thoughts now are about you four years ago, and then you're remembered, right? You remember the self, yes? Where does the remembering occur? No. Exactly. Same thing. You're thinking about what's going to happen to you as a body five years from now, yeah? And you're definitely worth, you're worthy of being worried about, obviously. You, only, you probably only worry about as much as you, maybe with your immediate family. No other strange will you ever worry about what's going to happen to them five years from now. But for you, you're there every day. <laughs> so, all right, so now you're worrying about you five years from now. That's another form of remembrance. Where are you remembering you? Now. Yeah? That's how self appears. It's remembered. 
That's why they say it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. That's why Dogen said the whole study of Buddhism is to study the self so that you'll forget it. When you study the self, you may entertain it's not you, and when it's not you, you'll lose interest in it, and therefore you won't be interested in those thoughts about you five years ago. Because it won't be the you that you are now. You'll be something other than that. And you will not be so interested in the thoughts about what's going to happen to you four years from now. Yeah? You'll be here. You'll have an immunity to what's not happening. Because it's not happening to you anymore. It's just what's not happening. And it's fucking pretty empty. <laughs> yeah? And then, now you're here. And the beautiful thing is, like these self-help books just put me out, man. They really do. So there's this, I, this whole drive of how to be in the moment. Yeah? <laughs> One of the biggest rip-offs of all time. How to be in the moment. So you get the book, and it gives you these things, how to be in the moment. And then you can't wait for the second edition, how to really be in the moment. <laughs> how to really, really be in the moment. But that whole idea is based on that you could be out of the moment. You've never been out of any moment that you've been in, ever. It's impossible. You are the moment. Without you, nothing's going on. But we believe an insane idea that we possibly could be out of it, and therefore now we're in the journey of going nowhere in no time to get back to where we already are, which we could have never left. (laughs) But you don't see that trying to get back is is producing a belief that you're away. This is getting be prior to that. There's no way you've been out of any freaking moment you've been in. Ever. Oh, I wasn't there. Yes, you were. Look at the surveillance cameras. Your body, what you call you, were here, was here tonight. Oh, I really wasn't at the meeting that night. I was thinking. No, you were. I don't care how much you want to dispute it. You were. And then this idea of trying to get out of something you're not in. This idea, I'm trying to get out of the self. You're not in a self. It's impossible. It's an activity of mind that's inferring that you're a someone. It can never make that someone. It can only seemingly make it when you believe it. You are the one that makes it seem so. It doesn't make it seem so. It has no juice but yours. It just sucks your mind into it as a little fantasy, and now you're up the ass of self, and you're looking for like a divine proctologist to pull yourself out of it, only to rush back up there again. And the divine proctologist is up there anyway. Someone tells you they did something to wake up, it's bogus. And to me, it bothers me that keep telling you to do something, and they know in their heart of hearts they had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Don't get me started. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, just a humble invitation, you know? We're not many, you know, it's just a humble invitation, and it's going to stay that way. There's no way I'm going to be provoked to help anybody. No fucking way. If you on that level, I will. But when this is the uh, a topic, this is about it's you. Yeah, you're right where you are right now, and yet there's not an attention given to it because the you doesn't appear here. It appears there and then. And for it to appear here, your attention has to be in yesterday and tomorrow. 
for it to feel like you're here now. That's what it does. You were there, you will be there, therefore you are here now. That's its logic. It's bogus. Is it possible to empathize or fall in love with a, a seemingly other person? For sure. And to fall out of love, too, with a seemingly other person. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the things go on and on and on. You are, you see, see, the self can never, can't imagine anything could work out if it was absent. <laughs> it's never been present. <laughs> things go along perfectly well without it. <laughs> because, in fact, it never has been here anyway. It just seems to be. Yes, all this happens, yeah. So you but you're not you're falling in love. You're not falling in love with a self. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you're not falling in love with a self. You're just falling in love. It's not even you. They're just falling in love. Yeah? <laughs> See that's we can't that doesn't the logic of the mind doesn't like that. That something can happen without its engagement in it. Yeah? An action occurs with no actor. Hearing happens with no hearer. Seeing happens with no seer. Yeah? It's, it's, it's like the, the height of arrogance. It's like, you ever see those movies when someone's dying and the person's standing over them going, you can't die now. We have that big dinner engagement next week. No, you can't leave me. Give me a. You don't see the self sentiment of it all. I'm dying. I'm sorry. I'm raining on your parade. You know, but it's having a heart attack here. No, you can't leave me. You know, we're so we're drenched in it, the self sentiment, that we can't think of how things could possibly be without it. <laughs> it's going to try to mine relevance even when it's starting to get a story that it's action. Oh, what it's going to be like if I wasn't here. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you an example. I, this one's, I like this little example. For the people I've heard this over and over again, it doesn't matter how many times you hear it. What's hearing is always new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's a, an event called the molting of a snake's skin. Yes? Every year, snakes molt their skin. They're not doing it. <laughs> the snake isn't sitting there thinking, all right, I'm going to molt the skin now. It just happens. Yeah? So here's the snake, and then it, and its skin. We're going to look at that event from two points of view. So we're going to look at it from the point of view of the skin. Now the skin gets this fear that the skin's going to start falling off, and the skin's whole relevance is that it's the snake. It's assuming it's the whole enchilada, when it's just this little covering, yeah? So the skin starts getting a feeling that it's time for molting, so it starts jacking into the snake's head, telling it, hey, buy moisturizer. <laughs> don't, go, don't go out in the noonday sun. Watch for that rock. Don't, go, don't let me get snared. And so from the skin's point of view, it's fucking Armageddon. You know, it's super Its demise is near. You know what I mean? Yeah? And so that voice may be going on. But at the same time, this, from the snake's point of view, it's hallelujah, yeah? Because now it's going to get a much shinier skin that will be more attractive to women snakes, yeah? It's going to be able to go over rocks faster, yes? 
it's going to travel a lot lighter. So this event, only one event, but there's two distinct possibilities or uh, views. From the snake's point of view, it's the end of all days. From the, I mean, from the skins, from the snakes, it's fucking great. Yeah, that's what it's like. And you'll hear the head voice its opinion, but if it's not yours, you won't be beholden to it. Yes, it's not going to go willingly. I'll tell you. It's not, it will try to. Once it realizes the die is cast, it will try to say, oh yeah, I've been with you the whole time, Paul. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to see it as a foreign installment. <laughs> and it will attempt to morph to whatever condition it finds itself in. Even in its own absence, it will attempt to try to claim it. But if you're not that. It doesn't have to stop. You just don't have to, if your interest is removed, it goes on and on and on. It's going to run out because it's built on, like, sort of stored momentum. Yeah, it's going to lose its volume and everything like that, but it's still going to be pointing out its view during the day. You're going to hear its take. Yes, because you're conscious, but you won't be listening to its take. Yes, it's a big difference. Yeah, so there you go. I think it's good news, myself. I'm always enthused by it. Because it was like, it was the last answer when I heard it. It was like an unspoken yes. Something in my gut just knew, beyond knowing. So then I went to see some people, read some books, did this, and then that was that. So I started entertaining it, and then the download started to occur. And from the solution, I got to see the problem, you know? Very clearly, and so and that's what happens. I think the only the only thing you can teach about is what you're not, really. If you teach about what you're not, and then you understand that's not you, you'll find out what you are, and that's the level of knowledge you can have about what you are is finding out. You can't know it because you're not. You can't objectify it. It's what you are, yeah? but you can know from it, yeah? and knowing from it is finding out. And that's what happens. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's a bit of a, um, a catch too. You can't truly see the problem until the solution is there. But the solution isn't there when you're stuck in the problem. Well, that's the information we're trying to put out here. Even while you're stuck in the problem, the solution is there. That's the good news. Yeah. Right, but you're not seeing it clearly because you're still seeing. Well, you're not seeing clearly because you're probably trying to look. Yeah. Well, seeing what happens with seeing is it gets bastardized into a form of looking called self-centeredness. It's but it's still what's looking. Yeah, it's just been turned into who's looking, or supports the who's that looking. So all the time where you feel like you're somewhere and you're lost, you've never been lost ever. That's the absoluteness of it. Yeah? Why not entertain it with certainty and see if the certainty uh, follows? Yeah? For me, it was certainty and then it panned out this way, but it can also go the other way. It can go any way it wants. Yeah? So if you hear this message, this message can start in your mind entertaining some possibilities and you keep entertaining and see what happens, you know? Like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits. A bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit, and a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. You'll know the tree by its fruits. So if you start traveling lighter on a stabilized level, keep entertaining the possibilities that show up. Yeah? 
downloads will occur. What do you mean by downloads? Downloads for me is like a sort of like energy that translates into language because this is the seed assignment on it. Yeah? So I in other words like I don't prepare to come here. I didn't almost didn't get here on time. I don't prepare anything at all. It's not like I have a get ready, get set, go room. You know, I just show up. And before I left, I wasn't reading the sutras of the ages. I was looking at a Yankee blog, you know, baseball. (laughs) 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 And I just sort of show up and uh, the information gets translated into, I mean, the the raw info gets translated into language as an invitation. And so it's been happening for 20-something years in my life, you know, and it doesn't seem to have a, a, a finite quantity. Just so I, I don't have to show any interest whatsoever in it. <laughs> Actually, it's better not to have much interest in it. Seriously. I mean... There's a great interest in this interest, yeah. When the when your interest could be like the the conveyor of a poison, so to speak, it's nice when that interest isn't about this, and then oh, it can really flourish, yeah. Because now you're taking you you like I used to call it. I still do dog shit awareness, yeah. Take all the little the little. Uh, false values that the mind likes to put on things that are important and in its ordinariness that's the gift that keeps on giving it's like nothing and that's the gift that keeps on giving Yeah. so I don't do much at all during the day to accentuate it basically <laughs> because there's no need to, it's what you are Yeah. it doesn't matter what I do here none of, it's like if there's, you have a, you look at the sky yeah and then look at the sky and look at its nature. And the sky allows a lot of things to appear in it. Clouds, yes? Uh, birds fly in it. When a bird shits, it never lands on the sky. It lands on your car or something or your shoulder. Yeah, when it rains, the sky doesn't get wet. Tons of different clouds come through it. Planes are flying through it. They never call the tower and say, oh, I ran into a big chunk of sky up here. Yes? The sky is like mine. Our mine. Big M mine. Yeah? Everything is allowed to appear in it, but less fourth of July explosions in the sky, they never rip the sky open, do you? Have you ever seen the sky damaged on July 5th from the big July 4th explosions? No. There's no healing going on. It says, as soon as it's over, like it never happened. Exactly. That's exactly what mind is like. So here, all this stuff's happening in the mind, but it's none of it's having any influence or any effect on the mind. Not one bit. Not one impression is left on the mind of all that's happening here. Not one. Not one. You know, which your mind is as pristine as it was, as it will be, as it always has been. Yes? All your little shenanigans don't do a damn fucking thing to it. Yeah? The only requirements that are keeping you from it are yours, not its. It doesn't have any requirements. Always available at all times, right where you are. Seriously, that's what mind is like. It's contextual. Yeah? It allows everything to appear in it. But let's say here, there's a there's like a you're milking me for all my good uh, stories here. Alright, there's a there's a Monty Python thing that we changed, but like I think you'll like it. So there's Monty Python and they're in a little park in London 
and they come out of the bushes with these African hats and they, they look like they've been a lost expedition and they're dying, they're running out of food and they have no water and then, and then dawns on them and then they realize Jesus, we're being filmed and then suddenly the film crew's there with sandwiches and, and <laughs> drinks and like this and so, oh, they get saved and then they, but who's filming us now? And then there's another film crew comes in, yes, and then so on and so forth. You and I, you and I are always going to be on this side of the lens. We're never going to be as this on the other side of the lens. You as this is content. You're never going to know context. But you are context, but not as that, in a sense. Yeah? It appears as that, but not as that. Yeah? So you and I, all we can do is get up to the lens. We can never get before the, in front, in the behind the camera. We're always in front of the camera. What we are is the awareness of the conscious contact. We are that awareness. Yeah? Your being alive and being conscious is not the end-all, be-all. There's an awareness of that. We are that. Yeah? And that is behind the lens. That's behind the camera. So all you can do is get to the lens and you're never going to be able to get... But the selfie always implies that you perceive everything. So when something happens, there's the feeling you were there before it happened. It's, a, it's made up. It's like, it, it's like water and a piece of bait comes in. The mind rises, bites it, turns into a fish, but not just a fish, a historical fish. Now it thinks it was a fish before the bait. Yeah? That's the selfing. The selfing is a product of a process, but when it's produced, it feels like it was prior to the process. It's made up. It is made up. I've seen through it. It is made up, and it's reinforced, and it's assumed, and it's implied over and over and over again, and it will wither in investigation. If you allow the attention to be turned on it, it will wither. You'll see right through it. It may not change everything immediately, but then you may be, you may be freed from the need to change everything immediately. So you'll be freed from the need to be liberated. Yeah? You'll finally be okay being here because you're not here. <laughs> you'll stop trying to get out of an imaginary place. <laughs> and that takes no time. No time to leave an imaginary place, not one bit of time. <laughs> it's so tasty, man. What happened with downloads, and when, when events do occur that signify something to you, there'll be a, 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 like a, a concurring theme, and that's timelessness. When the solution extends itself and manifests in some way in your life, you'll see a quality of timelessness. It doesn't take any time for something to occur. That's always occurred. Yeah? You'll, have a, you'll get a strong flavor of it, I would say. And I'll tell you, the time, the slavery of time here, time and selfing are synonymous. There would be no sense of self without time, and there'd be no time without a sense of self. They're the same mind streaming. And I'll tell you, time is a huge influence. How many people can't actually be in the... I've gone on hikes with people, and I watch them, and they're, already, or they're like three steps ahead of where their body is. They're planning the next hike, or when they, they can't wait to get to the vista, I'm going to see the Pacific Ocean, but they're not seeing the Pacific Ocean at that time. You know what I mean? And it's just like a hand on your back pushing you 
from each moment to the next bigger, better moment. It's slavery. Slavery of mind. So that's it for tonight. Yes? I have I have three DVDs. <laughs> three documentaries that we did. This documentarian did a documentary on me. Some of which was filmed in this room. Was it filmed? Oh, yeah, it was filmed. He ended up on here, but he didn't film for Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a lot of talks in there and uh, some interviews, too. And then just go to Zen Bitstock if you're interested. How much do you sell? I'm going to sell for $10 tonight. It's always arbitrary, like the stock market. I think my stock is really low. i got to have, like, a basement sale now. I'll even go home with and talk with you for 30 bucks. Get <laughs> <laughs> dinner and I'll go with you. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm becoming obsolete quicker than I thought. My business plan is rushing uh, fast. <laughs> it's a very bad, bad career choice, I'll tell you. Very bad. If I could just explain something to do, I'd be great, but... Uh, that would be a, that wouldn't work for me. You got to have some integrity. Yes, you have to. When something downloads in you, it's good to honor it. Yeah. You know, more time on this doesn't mean better. Yeah. Some of the greatest like invitations happened in a split second. Like supposedly the third patriarch of Zen. He was an illiterate working in a market, and some guy walked by singing the Diamond Sutra, you know, because they used to chant it, and he heard like half a sentence and he woke up. He didn't have to go to three months of a retreat or anything. His mind was open, yes. Well, he was simple enough. You know how much shit gets in the way? The shit that you've acquired about the way. Seriously, man. We're in a conceptual jungle of our own making, trying to cut yourself out to see if you get a clear view. Well, you are the clear view. All right, well, that's that. So, Paul, yeah. Oh, yes, sorry. If you want to mention about your other meetings you have? Oh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yes, we have other meetings. 